0: Listener supported Catholic 540 Divine Mercy Radio presents Divine Mercy Kids, introducing you to the best of Catholic children's literature, stories of the saints, and steps to bring you closer to Jesus and your community. On Catholic 540 AM Divine Mercy Radio, welcome your host of Divine Mercy Kids, Nicole Swanick. Hello, and welcome to Divine Mercy Kids, a weekly program where we grow in faith and love through the inspirational stories of our Catholic Church and its saints. I'm your host, Nicole Swanick, and I am so happy to be here to read and to learn with you today. Now We've been talking a lot about Eucharistic miracles the past few weeks, and honestly, we could talk about Eucharistic miracles for the next year. There are so many documented miracles. Our Lord is so good, and He's provided an abundant amount of these miracles for us to look at and to be inspired by. But we're going to read just one more. Today, we're learning about the Eucharistic miracle at Faverne, France. And in this miracle, we're going to see that the Eucharist host of Faverne floated in the air above the altar at their church for 33 hours. Now, that's pretty incredible. Before we get into our story, let's remind ourselves why God gives us these miracles. See, God isn't putting on a show for us. This is not for entertainment. God uses miracles to increase our faith. And in the case of this particular miracle in France, God transformed lukewarm faith. He transformed the lukewarm faith of the people of Faverne into faith that is on fire. Do you remember that we learned about Dr. Gomez last week? And God used the miracles of Buenos Aires to convert Dr. Gomez— Dr. Gomez was an atheist, and that means he didn't believe in God, but after studying the host from Buenos Aires, he not only believed in God, but he became Catholic. Now, in the case of Faverne, France, many of the people that lived in the region at the time were very lukewarm about their faith, and the word lukewarm means that something is neither hot nor cold. It's kind of a room temperature. It's what we would consider a reasonably comfortable temperature. So when we talk about someone who is lukewarm in their faith, we're saying that they kind of do the bare minimum for God. They do what they have to do, but nothing more. This might be someone who even goes to church every Sunday and prays every once in a while, but doesn't really have a passion or a love for their faith or for Christ. So they go through the motions and they don't ignore their faith entirely, but there's really no passion in it for them. There's no true love. And so lukewarm faith, we call it comfortable because it doesn't require a ton of sacrifice or a ton of time or a ton of work. And we might think that comfortable doesn't sound like a bad thing. But the thing is, when it comes to our faith, God doesn't want us to be lukewarm, He's almighty. He wants our faith to be on fire for Him. He wants our faith to be on fire for His church. And God wants us to give ourselves completely to Him in service and in love for others. So it was not a good thing for the people of Faverne to have settled into this very comfortable, lukewarm attitude toward their faith. So in this case, God is going to use a miracle to light the faith of his people on fire. We're going to read Fire, Fire from the stories of the Blessed Sacrament, and let's listen to the miracle of Faverne, France, and pay special attention to how God uses fire to turn his lukewarm people into people whose faith is on fire. When you hear this sound, this will be your cue to turn the page. Fire, fire. On the Monday after Pentecost in 1608, the Abbey bells in Faverne, France were chiming three o'clock in the morning. The monks awoke and headed to the church for matin. The prayers said in the earliest hours of the day. As usual, the sacristan took the big church key out of his pocket, and as he opened the door, thick smoke stung his eyes and filled his lungs. "'Fire!' he cried out in horror. Flames crackled around the altar where the blessed sacrament was exposed in a beautiful silver monstrance. The monks came running, as well as some villagers roused from their sleep by the cries. "'Quick, quick, bring buckets of water, hurry!' They formed a chain to pass the buckets. By the first rays of dawn, the fire had been put out, but the church had suffered much damage. The marble altar was in ruins, and the brass candlesticks had melted. Nothing was left of the sumptuous fabrics that had hung in the sanctuary. But where's the monstrance with the consecrated hosts, the father prior gravely asked. Everyone searched through the rubble where the altar had been. And suddenly, Antoine Hudelet, a young novice only thirteen years old, pointed his finger in the air. There it is! Look! Indeed, the monstrance with the host clearly visible was there above them, at the same height where they had placed it the night before. Though everything beneath it had been destroyed, it was hovering in mid-air all on its own. The sacristan was about to grab it, but a monk held him back. Don't you see? It's a miracle. They all gathered around to see and gaze in amazement at the monstrance defying the law of gravity. News of the miracle spread like wildfire through the town. The people of Faverne came to help clean up the church, but above all, they came to see the extraordinary wonder with their own eyes. There were so many people, they were jostling each other. Workmen carried in a long plank of wood to hold back the crowd, but as they did so, they accidentally bumped into the choir gate right near the monstrance. "'Watch out!' someone yelled. "'You're going to knock it down!' The gate rattled and it swung shut with a loud bang but the monstrance didn't budge an inch. Soon, groups of people were arriving from neighboring villages. The miracle continued as, with awe and admiration, the visitors contemplated the monstrance suspended in midair. Some Capuchin monks nearby, renowned for their scholarship and holiness, were informed of the miracle, and they came to examine the extraordinary phenomenon. One of them had a stick, and then a cloth passed all around the monstrance. But no, there was nothing attached to it, nothing holding the host in place. There was no other explanation for the mid-air monstrance other than the hand of God. During the whole day of Pentecost Monday, right into the night, a steady stream of the faithful came to pray with all their hearts before the hovering monstrance. The news also drew the simply curious, like one man who recounted, "I couldn't believe my eyes, I went in and out of the church more than thirty times to look at it, trying, if it were possible, to understand such a miracle." In the end I prayed to God to enlighten me, and I understood that a monstrance couldn't remain hanging in the air like that without some supernatural power. When and how will this end? Everyone was wondering. The next day, around ten o'clock in the morning, the curate of the neighboring village, who had come with his parishioners to see the miracle, was celebrating Mass in the church. And at the very moment he pronounced the words of consecration, the monstrance very gently descended on its own to the temporary altar that had been set up below it. And so the miracle ended, about 33 hours, and after thousands of people had witnessed it. The Archbishop of Bensignan, France, ordered a very thorough investigation. It concluded that this was an authentic miracle, which Pope Pius IX later confirmed. In 1908, splendid celebrations were held for the third centenary of the miracle in the Church of Faverne, which had since become a basilica. How this miracle made such an impression on the people that soon thereafter, a drawing of the monstrance could be found engraved on walls or furniture in almost every home in the region. The End Now, the miracle of Faverne happened in the 17th century on the vigil of Pentecost. And just like the Holy Spirit set fire to the faith of the apostles on Pentecost, Jesus in the Eucharist lit the fire of faith in all those who witnessed this Eucharistic miracle. Those people left on fire. They were no longer lukewarm. They were no longer wishy-washy about their faith. Now, just to be clear, When I say their faith was set on fire, I am not talking about a destructive fire. We're not talking about the fire that you would see at a campsite or the fire that you would see at a fireplace. We're not talking about the type of fire that burnt down the altar at Faverne. You wouldn't touch that fire because you would get hurt and you'd be burned. No, this fire, the fire of faith, is very different. In the Gospel of Luke, Jesus told his followers he came to set the world on fire with the Holy Spirit. Now, when Jesus says this, he's saying that if we let that spark of grace, if we let that spark of faith ignite our souls, then we're going to light up. We are going to be different. So the fire of faith, the fire of Christ, that spreads light and it spreads warmth to the world. And that's the fire that's within us. It is not a fire that destroys. It is a fire that sheds light and love everywhere. Now, that is the fire that was ignited in all those thousands of people that witnessed the miracle of Faverne. And that is the fire that is ignited in each one of you. So, Divine Mercy Kids, your challenge this week is to ignite that spark of faith in someone else. Share one of the Eucharistic miracles that we've learned about over the past couple weeks. Because miracles, they're not meant to be kept to ourselves. We share the gospel. We share the good news of Jesus Christ. We don't store it away and we don't hide it. And it's the same with miracles. We share them. So pick a miracle and pick a family member or a friend to share it with. You could even share one of these miracles with your priest or a member of your church. Because remember from our story of the miracle of Faverne, it was actually the priests and the religious. It was the monks. They needed help with their faith. We all need to be reminded of the miracles of God. We all need a reminder of God's love for us. So pray to God. Ask Him to help you choose someone in your community, someone in your family, to share one of His miracles with. And then go do it. And when you share God's good news, you're going to be setting that world ablaze just as Jesus wants. Well, it has been a joy to read with you and to learn about the Eucharistic miracles with you. Join us next week when we are going to shift our focus to talk about gratitude We'd like to thank Magnificat and Ignatius Press for granting us permission to read Fire, Fire from the stories of the Blessed Sacrament. This book was written by Francine Bay and illustrated by Heng Jing Zhang. If you'd like to purchase this book, please visit bookstore.magnificat.net or visit your local Catholic bookstore. Now let's conclude with a prayer. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Lord Jesus, we love you. We desire to grow closer to you. Be our strength. Help increase our faith, love, and charity so that each day we may grow to become good disciples for your kingdom. And Lord Jesus, please ignite in us a faith and love for you that will set the world on fire. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. All right, I will see you next week. And until then, spend this week doing all things for Jesus through Mary. We now return you to your regularly scheduled program.